0: And you know, it wasn't until I sat down and watched the movie in the theater, Fantastic Voyage, that I knew that that young lady was, in fact, Raquel Welch, and I'd helped her with her Jeep. Well, it's time for the show. You're listening to a 4x4
1: Radio Network podcast. Are you ready
2: it's the jeep talk show with wendy there will be body damage jeep mama are you sure josh yeah i don't think so
0: and tony i think that's a huge deal so sit back strap in embrace, embrace yourself. yourself the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about jeeps if you're new to the Jeep world or just thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty you've come to the right place whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior this show is for you find more information about the show at jeeptalkshow.com from around the world Or from your city.
3: And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show Interview. Well, hey, Jeep Talk Show listeners. I am here with Keith Newcomer, founder, CEO, president, the guy behind the mast, the wheel the, of Newcomer Racing. These are uh, the group who has recently broken some world records when it comes to horsepower and output out of a four-liter inline-six engine. Now, we're talking about the Jeep engine. We're talking about the Jeep engine, the iconic Jeep motor that uh, we've all known and loved for so many years. And this man is cranking out nearly a 1,000 horsepower out of them. Keith Newcomer of Newcomer Racing, thanks for coming on the show.
4: Well, thank you for having me.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, the world's been a buzz with newcomer racing uh, recently, with what you've accomplished, and and the, the way that you've done it is is extremely impressive. And that's re- really the main reason why I wanted to get you here on the show is one, the fact that you are breaking records with some insane numbers out of a Jeep motor, but two, the method that you've been able to do it. I mean, there are others out there that are are producing this kind of horsepower out of a Jeep motor. Well, I shouldn't say this kind of horsepower. I'm talking about some serious aftermarket numbers, but they're using some serious one-off parts, some crazy machine stuff. And, and you're essentially, you know, almost all off the shelf type of stuff here. So we're, we're going to get into the numbers of all of that sort of stuff and how you do it here a little bit later. But I wanted to talk about newcomer racing and who you guys are, where, whereabouts in the nation are you and what you're doing and all that sort of stuff. So Keith, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about newcomer racing and, and how you guys came to be.
0: Uh,
4: well, we're in uh, Concord, North Carolina, uh, r- the racing country of the world, I guess, or what it used to be. It's maybe gone out a little bit in recent years, but uh, it's still alive. You know, we kind of got started probably, I would say, mid-2000s, something like that, into the Jeep thing. And uh, it's just kind of evolved, you know, into where it is now. I, I didn't exactly plan, you know, to do this, but one thing after another, and it's here we are.
3: Yeah, it's kinda of interesting. Things kind of sort of fall in your lap sometimes and you gotta take opportunity when it arises. Now you've you've got a really long history in the race world, don't you?
4: Yeah, I do. Um, you know, not going back too far, but like when I got out of high school, you know, I went into college uh for the Chrysler Apprenticeship Program, which was like a two-year degree. Got out of that and uh, you know, kinda mingled around us a year or so like a dealership life and You know, it just wasn't for me and um, got into racing and that was kind of my forte anyway. And I was more about quality than quantity. And, um, you know, it worked out pretty good making that move.
3: So let's ask why why Chrysler? Was it just there was a a local dealership in the area? You knew you could get a job there or, you know, do you come from a long line of Mopar nuts? No, not
4: exactly. I mean, we were kind of a mixed family. We, uh, we kind of liked everything. And, um, I was actually talking to my father about this last night, just, just by accident. And people ask me all the time, like, so why do you get into the straight six thing so much? And like, I don't know. It's just, uh, like my father-in-law kind of really said one day he was like, you know, you know, you do a lot of high horsepower stuff and really neat things you know, you ought to try one of these straight sixes in this like old Jeep <laughs> that I've got. And, and I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll try it one day. And next thing you know, my mom's Jeep, she had one, it ended up, you know, blowing up. So I built one and it turned out pretty damn good. So from that point on there's where the path took off
3: so wait i i gotta go back just a little bit you you basically beefed up mom's jeep is that is that kind of like you know the 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 patient zero almost <laughs> i
4: did i did you know like i i mean i was in racing at the time and i'm like if i'm gonna do this you know i'm, I'm kind of going through some manuals and stuff just read the specs on it and i'm like well if i can swap this part and that part because it was in the early days like i think this will work out fine and you know i got like off-shelf cam from uh crane at the time and Put this thing together, and I'm, I, you know, I was in cylinder help, cylinder head development at the time, and I'm like, I can't leave this head alone, so I'll just touch it up a little bit. <laughs> little did I know, I touch it up a lot, and I mean, this thing would burn the tire off the right rear, and uh, mom, she was hell on wheels for a while.
3: Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> I was like, souping <laughs> up the grocery getter. What kind of numbers were you getting out of mom's uh, mom's inline six there at first?
4: You know, I don't know, we didn't dyno it back in the day, but if I had to guess, I'd say it was easily 250, 275, you know, something like that. I mean, it was it was really responsive. And, you know, back then, nobody had fast chiefs. I mean,
3: oh,
0: sure.
4: at, that t- at that time, we were kind of, I don't know, like I'd got into it more at the time and came up with the turbo kit really early in the day and is like really ahead of its time, uh, way before the market hit. And oh, yeah. You know, if you outran somebody in an old, just green and silver, plain Jane, you know, clear windows like grocery getter, you blew the doors off and they're like, what in the heck just happened?
3: Ultimate sleeper.
4: And and being your mom on top of it. Yeah, right.
3: (laughs) That's great. That's great. So where did it go from there? Yeah, Obviously, you know, tinkering around with uh, with mom's old motor, uh, you certainly had time and opportunity. Uh, and, and at that point, was it just I've been beating the socks off of these other cars, and now everybody wants to know what you're doing to these Jeep motors to do it, and and it turned into a business. I mean, how did how did it evolve from there?
4: Yeah, kind of. You know, like uh, the racing thing started from me being in racing, and then I used to race uh, like Legends cars, different cars here and there for a long time, and um, you know, it just kind of evolved into the Jeep thing, and and it's like how do you incorporate? jeeps and racing because it just didn't but one customer after another and the next thing you know it's like you start to get the name out there and it only takes a few crazy customers to go hey i want to make some big power number that no one's made before or, or i had this idea and it's like can you make it reality next thing you know you know we've got a turbo kit and uh, <laughs> you know going back a few years ago we did uh we re one that we had started like 10 over 10 years ago and it just happened to fall back into place the customer called me up and asked me if i still wanted this thing he sent me pictures of it it was still on the same pallet and the same place in the garage covered up in dust and i'm like well yeah you know i'll buy it back so we drove up my dad drove up to pennsylvania picked all these parts up brought it back as he's pulling in a guy from florida calls and says that he wants the motor you know or a motor just like the one that was in a picture on the uh, website i said well it's actually pulling in right now
3: (laughs) the coincidence
4: i know man. it's that kind of scenario and he's he ended up buying it and we cleaned it up checked everything out it looked great just like 10 years earlier we shipped it to florida stayed there for a year and then he just said hey i I can't get this thing going. I just want to ship it to you. And I want to do a blow through setup with a carburetor and I want to dyno it. I want to see what it makes. And I said, well, okay. So he shipped it back and we dynoed it. And that's when like the first kind of video magazine article thing came out. And it's been all uphill from here.
3: That's just nuts. Now now how long I mean you said you, you had more or less had a turbo kit well before the industry kind of uh you know Picked up the slack and 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 kind of got on the same page. You know, Banks is is probably one of the big names when people think about you know off the shelf turbo kits for a Jeep motor. Banks is certainly one of those who who is uh has one of those kits out there that's you know off the shelf. People can get it uh and and install it and whatnot. How long ago were were you developing this turbo for for a Jeep motor?
4: Um, it was probably in around two thousand seven or eight, something like that. You know, in, in that range.
3: So it's, I, I would say it's safe to say that you were first well before Banks.
4: Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, I can't compare it to Banks with, uh, you know, the backing, the technology. But, you know, if you sit down one-on-one and you have to make something from scratch, I'd go up against anybody. So, you know, we, we came up with something. Just, you take basic principles you gather from racing and apply some of that to, you know, a basic motor like this Jeep. And, you know, you can make it pretty nice
3: and there are people out there that are that are you know have been doing this. I mean I've seen some some videos with some insane compression ratios and guys running alcohol fuel and stuff just to get into the 5 and 600 horsepower range. You've exceeded that by a factor. I mean I think. I mean you're in you're in the 800 plus range at this point and and I've heard rumors that you're even considering an actual 1000 horsepower pull in the near future. So how are you accomplishing this?
4: Yeah. Um you know we did the first turbo when we ran it, we, we, when we re-ran it, you know, it was uh, like 17 pounds of boost with a carburetor and everyone kind of knocked me, you know, they gave me hell over, you know, everything was carbureted and mm-hmm. uh, I was like, well, you know, sorry, you know, that's just kind of the way I am and that's that's what I'm working with right now. So then the next hashtag, next customer, he pulls up and says, I want it all fuel injected and I'm like, okay. So uh, now we're talking, yeah. New that led down the road to where we could fuel inject it and control things a little bit better than, you know, just with a carburetor. And so we came up with, or I came up with this stuff and, um, you know, when we dino at this time, it was, you know, I'm not knocking anybody, but it was, it was not my fault that I didn't turn it as many RPMs. Like if you are watching a video, um, or we didn't, you know, crank it up to a thousand, I wanted to do that, but, you know, you work on this for like a year and a half and it comes down every time to like a, a time constraint. And it was it was like oh. everyone had to go. It was on a Saturday. And then, you know, the owner <laughs> of the building and everything is like, no more, no more. Like he just knew that it was going to blow up, oh, or, you know, something catastrophic was going to happen. And, and I didn't want anything to happen to his place. So he's like, one more pound of boost. That's 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 all we can do, and, you know. <laughs> and don't turn it that hard. So so I did. I was running the dyno, and uh, they were nice enough to let me. And one more pound of boost. Literally, I put one more degree of timing in, and it picked up like seventy one horsepower.
3: Wow, that's a big jump.
4: Yeah, and it's and that was nothing. You know, it's on like twenty one pounds of boost, and like I don't know how true everything is, but like the previous world record was supposedly set with. 30 pounds of boost on an 88 millimeter turbo. And here we're doing a 21 pounds of boost on a 76 millimeter.
3: So was it an RPM difference? Was it a fuel, a compression? I mean, is it to come down to the cam or the internals? I mean, what do you think you made the difference with, with your numbers versus others?
4: It's a whole package. You know, you just got to be able to move air and move it efficiently. And it's it's the whole thing. You know, there's not one thing that's better than the other. I mean, even a custom cam, you know, the crazy intake, you know, the wild kind of looking header, you know, I just kind of did that. That probably wouldn't have been like my first choice, but I just wanted to do something different than no one had done just mm-hmm. to kind of show that you could do it. It's kind of based off of firing order and things. So, um, and it worked
3: out fine. Well, it seems like it. Uh, You've certainly uh, generated a lot of buzz in the Jeep world uh, because of of this kind of pull and and, and doing it with uh, very easily, you know, off-the-shelf parts, as it were. I mean, nothing to where you've got to fabricate your own cam and you've got to use, you know, this head that we've specially machined and there's nothing else like it in the world type of thing. I mean, obviously you're doing some porting and polishing, you know, that sort of thing and you do sell turnkey heads uh through your website is that right so somebody could essentially get your head technology and put it on their jeep couldn't they
4: we did yeah yeah we sell that and you know I try not to hide anything I, i'm very open with customers uh, i think i spend more time trying to answer questions and help people than i do sell products but you know it's it's been really good the customers are great and you know we'll we'll sell the same head that we ran on the same motor and um it's it's no slack off my back. We've had people call and and ask if they can copy our head design, like from different heads, not even Jeep stuff, you know. So they can oh, wow. make a CNC program for it, and you know, I try to be open to some of that.
3: Well, you know, the sharing of information is certainly uh, certainly helps you know uh, the the process of development as as an industry uh, as an industry whole. Um, but at a certain at a certain point, there's got to be a line in the sand where it's well, you know, I'm not going to tell you exactly how I do this because this is what keeps me special. This is what makes me unique or gives me the edge over the next guy. But at the same time, exactly. there's certain there's uh, certain there's a certain uh, attraction to you know, all the Jeeps having a thousand horsepower, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's like, you know, suck yeah. that Toyota, you know, but uh no, I mean, it's, I'm just saying it's, it's, uh, it's certainly um, uh, an attractive operation that you, that you're running here. Um Now, and speaking of the operation, uh, you've got, like I said, a long history in, in in racing and development and R and D and everything like that, and I think one of the things that that separates you um, from a lot of the other fabricators and engine builders out there is is the experience that you've got with with things like a dyno and with the R and D and working in the race industry, but you know working on these spintrons as well. That's not something that a lot of people are familiar with, and most a lot of people think of oh well I'm going to I'm going to test an engine and find out what it can do and and all that I'm going to take it to a dyno shop. Uh, But not a lot of people know about the Spintron. It's a completely different animal. And I think that that has a lot to do with your success. Would you agree? Yeah, somewhat.
4: I mean, you know, we started kind of in the early days. um, You had basics in the factory or in the industry, sorry. And it would be like if you ordered a cam up from whatever manufacturer, they're all about the same. They're going to give you a seat pressure, like a recommended seat pressure and open pressure and that's kind of what you go by. And, uh, you know, some of this stuff just doesn't fit. And, you know, the more you get into this Jeep stuff, like you don't have to run such high spring pressure. If you have the right parts, you know, you can run low spring pressure.
3: It lasts a long time. And you're talking about control. You're, the train. you're talking about valve string, uh, valve spring as uh, right now, right?
4: Exactly. Yeah. And you know, if you test that, you know, if, if you go back to like Spentron data, you know, I did that for years. Um, I did a little bit of everything, but you know, that kind of stuff, you just want to be able to control, you know, your springs, your valve openings and you know, the whole valve train dynamics. And you get harmonics through through the cam, through the timing chain, through the crank. I mean, there's a lot of different factors and you know, you could change these things have a almost a ten inch push rod, you know, like yeah. You get deflection deflection in that. There's there's so many things that go into it. It's Again, just like the turbo motor, it's a whole package and and you get it worked out to where, you know, you want to get longevity because you're selling these for guys on the street and, you know, you just want it to work.
3: Now, you actually, you, you, you got packages, you've got the heads alone. I mean, and, and somebody can actually uh, talk with newcomer racing and, and pretty much build their engine up to whatever point they want, uh, Whether they're going for, you know, a full on mud bog race machine or, you know, I mean, would you would you have the kind of horsepower down lower in the RPM range for somebody like a rock crawler?
4: Yeah. And that's what everybody says. It's like, oh, you know, I hear all the time, you know, these guys, the dinos are off or, you know, the numbers are skewed or something, but they don't make power down low. So so we did a little video to see how low we could pull it, the lowest we could possibly pull it on the dyno was like 2300 to start a pull because it just can't control it and at 2300 you know say from i don't know around 2800 or so down to 2300 like it has a dip so it actually goes back up in torque as you go lower has a little dip you know and and a lot of that can be dependent on you know the intake and header combination but it actually is making well over 300 at 2300 rpms it kind of dips for a second, then it comes back on, and it's it's basically solid three hundred plus on torque all the way through.
3: And that's what a, you know. A lot of the guys who I who I've talked with, um, who are, have been in the market for turbo kits or even considered it because they're just looking for some extra grunt and extra horsepower, were worried about turbo lag and whether or not they're going to have any more extra grunt down low where they need it and want it. Versus having it all up higher in the RPM range, you know, for like a sand machine or, you know, a mud bogger or something like that. And and this is a genuine right. concern for a lot of people. It's like I want and even myself, I, I went through a, a, a top end rebuild here recently, not all that long ago, and talking with the machine shop who I went through and was working with on on my head changes. I was telling them, you know, this is not a a a, you know a sand rail. This is not a drag racer. This is something that's a a rock crawler. It's a weekend warrior, and I want to keep my grunt and all my power lower in the RPM range where I'm actually going to be using it. And so, you know, they worked with me to to go ahead and keep my grunt and all my power where I wanted it most. And and I'm assuming that you can do the same sort of thing with a customer if they call and have specific needs for you.
4: Yeah, it is, and. It's like every other call is different and you'll get guys that, you know, they're hell bent. They want to keep a four liter and they want, they want low end grunt and, or they'll have a four two and, you know, they want to make higher PMs and some of these just don't work that well, but, you know, like you can put something, basically you could take like a four liter. What I recommend is, you know, take a four liter base motor and use cranking rods out of a, a four two so you can stroke it. And that just, increases the whole RPM band. I mean as soon as mm-hmm. you tip into the throttle, it's there. Yeah. And if you don't stroke it, you're going to sacrifice some of that bottom end. And that's you're probably going to gain 50 foot pounds of torque right off the hit just by adding a stroker kit. And that's hard to make up. You'll have to make it up on the top end if you have a four liter. You just don't have that grunt. So if you have that initial grunt with a stroker and then you work on your camshaft, your head, your intake and header package the whole curve goes up and there's not, there's not a place that it's hurting. It just gets better as the more RPMs you climb.
3: Now you had mentioned that you're you're a big fan of the carburetor, uh, and and a lot of the Jeep motors, especially nowadays, um, you know, are definitely uh, fuel injected and stuff. And and mapping comes into play with all of that. And, and I don't know if you're getting into like Mega Squirt or you know how much you're getting into your own fuel mapping and stuff for you know uh, uh, injector curves and, and things like that. Um, or if you're using you know uh, stuff on uh, you know pre flashed programs and things like that. Can you get into a little bit of? Of sort of the difference between the carbureted Jeep motor and a fuel injected Jeep motor when you're getting into these high horsepower builds.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, you get up—I don't know—you get up like our latest turbo build. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little sketchy with a carburetor because the fueling has to be spot on. You know, if you get one cylinder that's just not getting the right distribution, you're going to smoke it, and it's not going to live. So, you know, you get up there. You better have it right. So the best way to do that is with some kind of fuel injection. And, you know, ours, the latest one we did, it was all individual cylinder timing and everything. So we could control everything. And if we had one cylinder that was, you know, a little fat or a little uh, lean, you know, we could adjust it individually. But I tell you, I mean, it's hard to beat OBD2 controls on a Jeep. Um, You know, we work, I've worked with flying Ryan tuning. For years, and he's great to work with, and we can call each other at any time and go over anything, and he's helped me a lot, you know, with the fuel injection side, and, I mean, guys want to transform their Jeep and, and put all this money into a standalone system, but if you have an obd 2 setup, I would not recommend it. I wouldn't touch anything, and you can pop the hood on most of our strokers, and it looks like a factory Jeep. It just hauls ass.
3: Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed because honestly I thought that you know uh, your engine packages would come with a with a computer or uh, you know they, somebody would have to send in their computer to have it reflashed uh, because the ODB two system is just not calibrated enough for this kind of horsepower or these kind of parameters. Uh, but to to hear that it actually can work like that, I'm impressed.
4: No, it works great. I mean, it really does, and people don't believe me. And I'm like, look, you know, you know, we do we do some installs and stuff here and tuning. And like I said, we'll work with Rhino and stuff, but a lot of times he'll just mostly remote tune everything. There's a few that are near him that he can put on the dyno and dial in. Sometimes we'll dyno him here on chassis dyno, you know, and kind of dial him in. But I mean, they work so well. I mean, there's so many. There's enough things that you can change. It's not everything, but you don't need to change everything. Mm -hmm. And you're still going to be light years ahead of a carburetor.
3: Now, one of the packages that you offer on your website is is basically the entry level package, and and this is this gets somebody who's in, who's a jeeper into the three hundred horsepower uh, range out of a out of one of your packages. Uh, what does that include, and and what does somebody have to go through to to get something like that?
4: Well, basically, you know, just you can call up or you can order it online, whatever you want. Right now, we're probably a solid two months behind on orders. Um, We've got a list. So basically, once you would place your order, you get on the list. But, you know, you don't have to have anything. Um, You can pay our core charge. And, um, you know, we have cores in stock that we try to keep. And, you know, we'll build, you know, a basic stroker with that. And, you know, they all come with a 12 month, 12,000 mile warranty. You know we don't try to compete with the other guys on
3: thirty-six thousand wait, wait, miles. Wait wait, a minute! Hold on a second. I'm going to get a three hundred horsepower, a three hundred plus horsepower motor kit, and I'm going to get a warranty with it as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and a twelve-month you know, one is at that. So that that's twelve months of wheeling, twelve months of of racing, or twelve months of whatever with a brand-spanking new motor putting out a monster amount of power. And and we you've got twelve months of of warranty behind it, and, and wow, that's impressive. Have you ever had a warranty claim? Uh, I would ha- I hate to say this, I- I'm knocking on wood right now, but no.
4: Outstanding,
3: no, no. outstanding, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super impressed.
4: Yeah, it's just a matter of time. I mean, it's it's all about the numbers. Something's got to happen. Well, no, you look, know? you
3: but, you've been in business since the early two thousands. Let's let's call it you know fifteen plus years that you've been at this. And, and, and producing parts and, and kits and engines for people. And, and I mean, this is something else. And, and you're, what you're doing and what you're putting out there and the kind of numbers that are behind this, I would honestly assume that there would be bottom ends and top ends exploding left and right. People would be having issues. And that's not to say anything about your workmanship, but that's just to say, you know, a Jeep motor putting out five or 600 plus horsepower has got to be right at the end of its limits. And, and somebody oh, out there yeah. running one, um, you know, I've got to think it's like, geez, you know, are, is this thing just borderline on the edge of exploding every time it gets turned on? Uh, but it sounds like there's a lot of reliability behind your motors, too.
4: Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, you get up into like a, a race category. I mean, something that's all out extreme, you know, that's that's a given. There's there's not some big warranty with that. Um, you know, we, we warranty all of our everything we do. But. You know, somebody goes out and they do something stupid, you know, especially tuning. You know, somebody just runs this thing lean, hot, whatever. I mean, we're going to know it. And, you know, if they do that, that's on them and they're going to get to pay for that. But honestly, you know, these aren't cheap. And, you know, people realize that and they they value the quality of it and they don't want to screw it up. Because, I mean, we haven't had any customers that just purposely try to abuse their motor and, you know, blow it up because they're one off. They're not. They're all hand built. Everything is, you know, put together, measured. You know, we deburr everything. I mean, you know, you've watched some of our videos. It doesn't show all the little tedious stuff that we do to each motor. But that all goes into it and people get these motors and and they're painted nice, they're not you yeah. know some spray bomb thing. Like it's it's nice stuff and and they don't want to ruin it. They appreciate it and it's it's worked out really well.
3: No, I'm going to actually make a plea to our listeners right now to go over to newcomerracing.com at their earliest convenience and just check out the photos page. And and you're going to be blown away. I mean if if there's ever uh, a definition for engine porn, I think this would probably fit into it somewhere in the description. There would be that that URL would be the newcomer racing dot com photos page because there are some seriously yep. impressive engine builds that just I mean, on the surface look just incredible. I mean, there's no words to describe what, what a lot of the work that you do. But let's let's get into some of that work that you do and, and what you can do for the everyday Jeeper. Um let's say somebody just uh blew the head gasket on their 4-liter inline 6 and they're looking to have some head work done and stuff like that. Could they send you their head to have it uh, you know massaged a little bit and redone or you know is is that not the kind of work that you do?
4: Yeah, we we do. Um you know, we we try to streamline things a little bit by making like certain packages and certain things available you know if they want you know their head done you know we offer porting service um, but typically it doesn't just end there i mean it it can but you know normally the valve jobs shot you know they don't want stock valves they want oversized valves and by the time they ship something clear across the country, they can just order head from us and, and be done with it. So normally that's what ends up happening.
3: That's good to know, because I'm sure there are people out there that are thinking, well, hey, I could just go ahead and, and ship my head out to these guys or, you know, or maybe even have a. Um, a core from, you know, locally in your area purchased and then drop shipped to you or something like that. But it might be better or at least more cost effective for somebody to go to your website and, and look at some of the packages that you offer and, and get something that way versus trying to have what they already, already have modified to work and, 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 you know, through your kind of uh, workmanship, that is.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they don't know if what they have has a crack in it or the guides are wore out, et cetera. You know, we we know what we've got. And, you know, that's why we're that's why we're selling it, you know, ready to go. So, you know, sometimes it's just better just to go ahead and bite the bullet and pay the core charge, which isn't high. And, you know, get something, you know, is good.
3: No. Oh, three, three, one uh, heads coming out of uh, newcomer racing is what I'm understanding here. <laughs>
4: Not not without a Tuppy on them. <laughs> yeah, seriously. it has been, been one of our best sellers lately. Is the Tuppy head that's fully ported, big valve, and they run awesome.
3: Now, why why is that? Is is it just because of the design of the Jeep motor itself, and your headwork, and the amount of R and D that you have into it? It's such a a, a bolt on application that it's immediate success. I mean, what's what's the what's the working recipe here?
4: Yeah, I mean, we went through a few different designs. I mean, I, I you know I do. I pretty much do all the development work on the cylinder heads, intakes, things like that. Got two other guys, you know, do work, you know, too. But, you know, I kind of, you know, see this out and try a few different things to see if they respond to anything. And, and the latest port design on the Tuppy, it works extremely well. And it's, it lacks a little bit up top, you know, an RPM range it's with a smaller cam. But the bottom end and mid-range are just killer. And we're doing, actually doing a build now that a guy's going to put like a 350-horse cam in it and see what it'll make. And And I really don't know because we haven't done a lot with the tuppy until recently. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking it's going to pick up the top end numbers. And then I think it will retain most of the bottom end and mid-range. I think it's going to be a killer head.
3: Well, a lot of that comes into the header design as well. Now, are you, are you doing like, uh, combinations with off the shelf headers or do you have your own header design? I mean, how, I know a lot of the power coming out of these heads comes with the header design and back pressure and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, where do you come into play with this sort of stuff? And what, what works best as far as, you know, if you could recommend a header for, um, uh, any jeeper out there running an inline six, what would it be?
4: you know I do we do about every build and you know we've we've worked on some headers over time but it's you know at this point it's still just not cost effective for us to try to build them cuz for what we build it's the normal jeep guy would never buy our headers and that's what we ran into 10 years ago you know we offer mm-hmm. header like header kits turbo kits and it's just There's just too much for the market to bear. And I know it's getting there. These guys are, you know, working towards that. And I see that. But, you know, normally I recommend like a bank's header. You know, we've ran a bunch of different headers. And not to say that somebody else's header isn't as good, but the bank's for the money is a pretty good header. It holds up pretty well. And it's like their one header's got a six in the one design. That's pretty good. Um, It definitely doesn't hurt power. Primaries are like an inch and a half to inch and five eighths range. You normally don't get anything bigger.
3: Mm-hmm. You
4: get bigger, that's when you come in to play with us. We offer stuff like up to one and seven eighths.
3: That's substantial. Well, but the, then again, you're in the 800 horsepower. You're moving a lot of air at that point, and you got to make that motor breathe.
4: Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, like the early days when I I just decided I'm just going to test a ton of stuff and and there was no video cameras around or anything. You know, we went through headers and intakes and everything. And I've said this for years and the big gains are on the intake side. They always are. And the headers, you can gain small gains. There's not going to be anything Big unless you're moving a lot of air, and it's a real restriction. But the intake side, you will see more gains.
3: Maybe you can put a long-time rumor to rest for us. It's long been long since been said that the 1999 casting of the intake manifold for the four-liter inline six. You're laughing because you already know where I'm going with this question. Was the was the highest flowing head or highest flowing uh, intake manifold out of out of all of the Jeep uh, lineup for the whatever they had for the inline six? Uh, Is that true or is that false?
4: It just depends where you want your
3: power. Oh, you know, there. I, <laughs> I, get, I get this every week,
4: all the time, and you know we sell intakes. Um, we do custom stuff, but really the the old straight runner intake is well known for like mid range to top end power, and the curved is excellent for bottom end to mid range. You know, and it it's just kind of flat up top. It, it from what I've seen, it doesn't. It doesn't kill it, but it's not great. I would take, you know, say if you were getting one of our 350 packages, we sent one out to California and uh, the guys just tickled to death with it. But we ported the crap out of a straight runner, added a bigger plenum, a little bit bigger throttle body, and it works great. But, you know, for the guy that wants a 300 HP, with more low end to mid range, I'd recommend the curved intake.
3: What kind of throttle body openings are you are you running on this? I mean, I, I myself have, have got a, a completely custom uh, a job done. I know there are other, uh, several sources online. People can send in uh, their uh, their throttle bodies and, and have them machined out or bored out or use that as a core and, and places will send you a, a new you know bored out throttle body. Um, and, and depending on how far you go, you know, it depends on the kind of kit that you get and whether or not you have to go with a, an aftermarket, uh, butterfly valve and all that sort of stuff. What sort of uh, millimeter, you know, openings are you running on these throttle bodies?
4: Okay. So, you know, normally guys will run like, they'll say, Hey, I'm running a 68 millimeter throttle body. And, you know, they think, wow, it's, it's going to run so much better. And I, you know, normally I would take a, a board like 60 millimeter stock throttle body any day and the gains are so minimal and these guys they try to you know bore them out to like a 62 it's it's just not really worth it so honestly we run like a a 60 millimeter that we bore out and we taper it and they were great excellent throttle response it's not going to hurt the bottom end at all and and we've dynoed it you know we've chassis dynoed these and Heck, they make more power than most people I see out there.
3: Interesting. Well, that that's something to be said because I think that's been a long time understanding with a lot of the inline six crowd was that well, my throttle body is is you know if, if I've opened up my exhaust, if I've opened up my my intake, and I'm breathing in better and I'm breathing out better, uh, and maybe even I have a chip and I've reprogrammed things a little bit, maybe I'm I'm even you know changing out my uh, uh, my injectors and, and whatnot. The last thing in the link here is this throttle body. It's all you know that's the choke point. But it's only up to a certain point is what I'm hearing through you.
4: Yeah, but I tell you what, I mean, the biggest thing is that four-hole injector. Man, if you got those four-hole injectors, you're going to make big power. That's another big myth, you know.
3: Yeah. I mean, the, what I think guys are using like Mustang injectors or, or injectors out of the old, uh, Dodge darts or, or something like that. Uh, or no, it wasn't Dodge dart. It was, uh, I know guys are yelling at their radios right now. It's, the, it's the, it's the, this <laughs> car, you know? And so it's, <laughs> but yeah, so exactly. that's, an, that's another myth that you can put to rest. The, the going from the one pintle to the four pintle hole, uh, injectors really doesn't get you th- that much of a difference.
4: No, I don't think you can tell me a guy that actually put them in and went, holy cow, I can tell on the to of my pants, man, the difference, you know, it's more of a mind game than anything.
3: But now if you were actually able to control, like you were saying in some of these higher horsepower builds, being able to control the output of that injector uh, on one cylinder or another to, uh, you know, address whether that, that one cylinder is running lean or not, you might be able to do that with aftermarket injectors or four pintle injectors versus a single pintle.
4: It's it's all individual cylinder timing, you know, to be able to control that, not the injector.
3: Interesting. Again, it comes down to mapping and, and all that. We're back to the OBD2 working best versus a custom-built mapping program uh, that somebody would have to flash their computer with. So,
4: Right, yeah.
3: So let's uh, really briefly talk about some of the other stuff on your website here, and we'll kind of wrap things up. Um, I noticed you've got some other stuff. Um, you know, people can uh, address some of the issues they've had with, uh, you know— a, making sure that that intake and exhaust manifold are actually secure to the head itself. And you've got some very interesting uh, R&D as far as the, the mounts, the the bolts that go to um, uh, mounting on the intake and the exhaust manifold. You've got these, you know, half-inch stainless steel intake exhaust flange winged and round pinch washer kit uh, with people, including ARP bolts, nonetheless um and and so, this is another point of r and d that you've gone through and that you're offering on your website. What does this offer for the average jeeper as far as making sure that things can stay connected with their jeep?
4: yeah the biggest thing, like uh you know I have jeeps myself i have i've had them forever, but you know you got to take these things apart or work on them, and the bolts are all just crusty
5: you know mm, and,
4: Yep. you know a lot of times they'll they'll break off in the head, and you know if you run any kind of a- aftermarket intake, typically the intakes are terrible for the casting. And, you know, the washers just won't fit. And you'll see, like, other washers and bolts and stuff thrown in there to try to grab it, to pinch it down. So, you know, I was just looking at them like, we just need to make something. Because, personally, I'm tired of dealing with it. So, so they came up with this design, and it, I mean, it fits the bill. Like, it works really, it's so simple, but it works excellent. And if it doesn't fit exactly, well, you've got room to trim some off, you know. So, it works good, and you have stainless steel bolts that they're never going to rust. And, you know, the stainless on stainless, when you lock it down, they don't back
3: out. It acts like a lock washer. Very interesting. Didn't know that. Now, this would work for virtually any uh, header and intake combination, whether you're running, you know, the curved or, you know, the straight style uh, intake or and regardless of whatever exhaust manifold or or header that you're running, this is going to work for any combination, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, it would. You know, it's it's basically any combination, and we've got something. Uh, should we got a few things coming out? Oh, um, like one in the next few weeks. That's, that's I think it's gonna be pretty
3: cool. Um, well, can you give us a cop- can you give us a Jeep Talk Show exclusive and let us know what you guys are coming out with?
4: Yeah, so we've got a, a copper intake and header gasket, and it's it's custom made. It's all cut for like our bigger size ports and everything. And then like we've got uh, stainless steel header flanges like half inch thick and they match everything matches like perfectly so because half this stuff never matches but these match and then you can reuse them over and over and over they're kind of like a lifetime gasket so these guys that are running the turbos superchargers all that stuff for running, running uh, high exhaust temps they're not going to burn out so mm-hmm it's I think it's a good answer that I haven't seen to this point. so it's like an so. Old, it should be ready in the next two weeks.
3: It's an old trick that I learned from uh, from an old engine builder myself uh, you know, dealing with uh, intake and exhaust manifold gaskets is you give them a spray with that old copper spray, and it really helps with the life and the longevity of of that gasket just because of the environment that it's in. And and come to find out, you've actually got one. Some R and D copper intake gaskets. You're actually taking that 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 theory, that that old wives' tale, and taking it to the nth degree in some actual R and D, and producing a product from that. that I'm, I'm impressed, man. That that's really cool. Have you have you used this yeah. on the on the high horsepower stuff yet, or or is this just all still in research? And 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 how's that going?
4: No, we've got one actually now. We're going to try to run it next week, and you know, mm-hmm. see how everything. And I'm I mean, I don't know. Hopefully I'm not getting ahead of myself, but we've ran these for years on different applications and they work great. You know, typically, you know, when you put these on, I like to use a, like a small amount of high temp silicone Mm -hmm. on both sides, stick them on there. And if you ever have to take it off, you just like literally put some cleaner on it, wipe the silicone off, put some more on, stick it back on and you can just reuse it over and over and over again. So, you know, it works really well. And then we've got a new, um, like, uh, a valve cover spacer kit that's coming out. That's um, a billet setup, and it's it's really pretty damn cool. I have to say. Hold
3: on, valve so, cover spacer. So we're gonna we're gonna take the valve cover and and space it up off the head slightly. Is that yeah, what we're talking about yeah, here? What does so, what does that do yeah, for us?
4: We've got some now, but um these are like an updated design. It's it's a lot updated actually, and. Uh, Hopefully hopefully it's not going to be too trick for the market. I think guys are going to love it. But it gets the valve cover up enough. So you can run like a factory-style valve cover, old or new, and it'll have the, the correct you know, evaporative setup for like everything will look factory except it's just spaced up. Mm-hmm. And then you'll run like a gasket on the top and the bottom, and they locate themselves, and there's no gaskets moving around, no wiggling, no leaks. And, uh you know, the next step is – you know, we have a billet valve cover also that's got – it's a pretty cool setup too, but it won't be out till after the first of the year.
3: I was going to say, I don't see that on your website. I haven't seen that on your website, I should say. So, no. it sounds like no, you've got you've got a few tricks. There's uh, still a few irons in the fire here.
4: There's quite a few, actually. So, uh, and then, you know, along with the billet spacer, there's an, another billet option. I'm not going to say again. Uh-oh. But – But you'll you'll see it. And then uh, we've got a few more billet things on the intake side that will be happening probably this spring, you know, and then um, we've got some like stroker kits because guys have asked for them. And I think we're all set up now. So I'm hoping January, February, these come out and they won't be like anybody else's.
3: That sounds like you're definitely uh, doing some unique stuff. You already have done some unique stuff. Mike, w- one question for you is, are you going to be getting Guinness involved at all? Is is Guinness Book of World Records going to be called? Or are you going to deal with them at all to get yourself on the books, as it were? I don't know. You
4: know, somebody asked me that not too long ago, and I'm like, well, I, you know, maybe. But I really, you know, I'd like to go back to the dyno, like a different dyno, and turn the wick up and see – see what it makes or see if it's going to blow you know one yep. or the other
3: Well I hope that if you uh, if you ever cross that thousand uh, horsepower threshold you give us a call and you let us know because I know that there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to be anxious to hear about that Well let's really oh, quick yeah. uh, Keith let's talk about newcomer racing where people can find you uh, where they can go to get stuff and uh, and how basically where where are you and, and how can people g- get a hold of you?
4: Yeah, so the best thing is just go to the website or you can call the shop. But if you go to the website, you'll get the shop phone. And, um, you know, just check out the website. It's, it's a mess, honestly. Uh, we've been trying to add things and change things up. And, you know, hopefully we'll get it straightened up here shortly. But if you have any questions, just call the shop and we'll go over it with you.
3: NewcomerRacing.com is where you go. They're on social media as well. Newcomer Racing on Facebook. Uh, Make sure you're checking out their YouTube videos. Uh, They've got a ton of amazing stuff, uh, both on the YouTube as well as the website. Again, please go check out NewcomerRacing.com. And check out their photos page. You are going to be blown away. And if you are a jeeper who is looking for some more horsepower, you're in the market for possibly a new head, some aftermarket engine work, or you're doing a a full, you know, build and, and you just, you're looking for a power plant that's going to stand out and really make itself unique and and make it a center point of your build, your jeep build. Well, by all means, contact Keith. Look at newcomerracing.com and what they have to offer. And, and, man, I hope if there's some listeners out there, uh, they're, they're going to be looking at what you guys can do for them. Keith, is there any incentive that you can give our, our Jeep uh, talk show listeners to, to go to your website and, and pick up some of your products? Is there anything that you can offer us?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people will ask for shirts and apparel and stuff like that. And, you know, just if you mention the show, you know, we'll, uh, we'll give you 15% off on, on apparel, you know, if that helps
3: outstanding absolutely i know everybody's looking for swag and looking for some stuff to represent and uh and set themselves apart out on the trail as well so there you go folks by all means call newcomerracing.com 704-454-5749 that's area code 704-454-5749 contact keith Uh, through NewcomerRacing.com or through their phone number and find out what Newcomer Racing can do for you and your Jeep. Keith, thanks so much for coming on the show, and best of luck, man. I really hope that you can
0: break that 1,000
3: horsepower mark.
4: Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure.
0: Let me just introduce the Zoom people really quick. Hello, Zoom people. Hello. Hey, Tony. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hey, Tony. Hello. <laughs> so, I'm just going to run through this real quick. I'd ask the the guys to to mention who they were before they started talking. We might as well just do it a, a, like an introduction. Uh, Chris, uh, tell everybody where you're located. Uh Detroit, Michigan. Uh, when are you going to take that Trump 2020 sign down? By the way, when it's official, it's not official yet. <laughs> He's still the president.
5: Not there official. You know.
0: <laughs> keep keep the faith. <laughs> All right, uh, Travis, uh, where are you located? i North Carolina.
6: I've been a show listener forever. I'm currently not a rat bastard. <laughs> no, you're not. Money to, government gave me money. I was like, last year, government handed me a big check. I was like, what am I going to do with it? Actually, I That's think I'm going to give Jeep talk show something.
0: Actually, I think I actually mentioned that in the show. Like, hey, you just got a, a big stinking check from the government. <laughs> it's time to become a, a paid member. <laughs> That's what made me do it. Hey, Chip, where are you located?
1: I'm in the big city of Hoopston, Illinois, which is East Central Illinois. Uh, are you counting votes over there? <laughs> in <laughs> Illinois, you don't
0: need to. It's, you know where it's going to go. It's always going to be blue. <laughs> Excellent. Don't really vote often. Larry, uh, tell folks where you're located.
7: I'm in uh, St. Louis, Missouri.
0: Uh, is it cold everywhere? Oh, the, the folks I've already spoken with, is it cold where you're at now?
7: It's 70 degrees today. And about uh, 30
0: to 40 okay. mile an hour wind. Okay. Well, uh, you know, us native Texans, especially the us native Texans that have uh, lived here all our lives, we think it's like snow everywhere that's, you know, north of Dallas. Uh, and, and of course, everybody knows uh, Tammy, Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, uh, award winning uh, blogger, right?
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Top 15 blogs in the world, Jeep blogs in the world.
0: And uh, Tammy has uh, no moss on her rocks. Uh, she is uh, now in Colorado. Are you going to be there in Colorado for a little while?
5: Yeah, we were um, going to head south for the winter, but we decided to stay because there are so many Jeeps that need to be rescued from those fields here in the valley. So we're, we keep rescuing um, older jeeps cjs and yjs and so, so what stuff. was
0: south going to be would that be arizona or
5: mexico yeah, arizona, or south america kingman kingman arizona okay
0: right there near bullhead city oh i bet you it is warmer over there nice yeah desert environment that'd be fun to uh, to wheel in yeah and uh, we have doug with us doug where are you located
8: Uh, Home Mills, North Carolina, just recently retired from the Army, and uh, I'm still a rat bastard. I haven't received my first paycheck (laughs) from the job I started on
0: Monday. (laughs) Well, you might need to buy groceries or something there. And uh, we have Nate. Nate, uh, where uh, where are you located? I'm in southwest Michigan,
3: uh, pretty much across the state from Chris.
0: Excellent. You guys
5: are right next door.
0: Yeah, uh, people, for, uh, people all over. That's great. I'm glad you guys could join us tonight. Did you know it was going to be a roundtable before you joined, or are you regretting your decision to join us tonight?
1: <laughs> well, you've got to read the Look. email, to you know.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. If you guys aren't aware of the newsletter, we actually have a newsletter that uh, gets sent out once a week, usually on uh, the, the night that we record the show. And uh, all you have to do is just go to jeeptalkshow slash contact, and you can see in there where the newsletter is. You just uh, put in your email address, and then uh, you'll uh, you'll get that notification and that uh, that newsletter from us. It's it's usually something short, tells you about how to become a a, a Zoom people, how to get in on the Zoom meeting, and uh, usually that uh, we're going to be doing a Facebook Live. You know, maybe you don't want to get in here and talk uh, talk to us, uh, but uh, oh, and, and tonight is unusual because it's usually Josh and Wendy and I. Uh, doing the show, but both uh, Josh and Wendy are out this week And I'll tell you guys ahead uh, Anybody that wants to join the the Zoom uh, meeting and become a Zoom people, and I, I say Zoom people on purpose, it's not because I'm dumb <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we are going to be Recording uh, the Thanksgiving Episode, uh, since uh, Thanksgiving Falls on a Thursday this year, we're going to be re- Recording it on Tuesday Which I think is, I was going to say the 19th, but that's today so that would be the 24th. So, uh, the 24th, uh, November 24th, 9:45, uh, 10 p.m. Uh, you know, got if, if you if you want to be there in the Zoom room, that's when uh, when we want you there. So Tuesday, you 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 get to be in the Zoom room two days ahead of schedule.
5: I could wear my new unicorn thing
0: I got. <laughs> uh, well,
6: I work at 6 a.m. Wednesday morning. I don't know if I'll be there.
0: No problem. I, I understand. I mean, uh, family and uh, work comes first. Actually, I think Josh is going to be pretty busy uh, on uh, probably on Wednesday. I think it's whenever he gets started uh, preparing all of uh, the Thanksgiving stuff. So uh, I know he gets uh, really excited about this time of year. So I thought what we'd do is uh, just uh, come up with uh, a few things to, to to talk about. First off, is there anything that you guys like? would like to talk about? Maybe something you got going on with your Jeep? Uh, something that... Uh, uh you know other things that might be happening that you want to share with the the folks.
9: Yeah, I, w- I was wanting to get uh, quite candidly everybody's opinion on which stubby antenna I should go with. I'm just I'm, <laughs> just can't decide.
0: You it know, doesn't matter. Wait. Do do they make them, do they make the butt plugs uh little antennas? You could just put a butt plug on there instead. Uh, that would be uh Yeah. That would be hey, Chris, suggestive. I, I
8: got you. I got you Chris here. Let me
0: Uh, i think we're getting out of the wi-fi range there for you doug so do you guys that's a good question do you guys care about i mean obviously i think that the 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 antenna should be big enough and and work well enough so that you can uh uh, be able to use your your jeep's radio in an emergency situation is that a concern for you guys at all am i just way off base on my concern about uh being able to listen to the uh, the broadcast radio stuff?
8: No, absolutely. Tony, a I got, a, I, got a, I got a solid answer. I've been thinking about this for quite a few days now. Um and I have yet to be able to find the Jeep Talk Show on any AM or FM station. <laughs>
0: so what, <laughs> what, does, a radio what difference for? does it make? Yeah. <laughs> well you know and then that's and that's very true these days as far as getting your information and your entertainment at least uh you really don't i don't ever listen to the radio uh it's it's no do
7: you're know, doing
0: yeah so uh the antenna at that point really does become an ornament but like i say if it's an emergency emergency situation and you're trying to get the latest information i mean if if nukes are landing across the country <laughs> and you're and you're fleeing from a major city or any city that might be uh you know targeted you probably like to know what's going on. And that's the way I look at it is, uh, situations that probably will never
5: ever happen. But what if they Knock do? Knock on wood. We're in 2020, Tony. But
6: again, Tony, you look at yourself and your ham radios and everything else you've got access to. You know, you're are you truly worried about FM and AM? You've got your ham radio, you've got your weather, you've got your you've got a radio period point blank. Do you truly need that radio in your vehicle to give you your local information
0: I think so because uh the 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 government is not going to be on the ham radio telling you what's going going on you're going to have to hear it third hand uh and it may not be timely especially uh it really and really depending on what's going on if there's power outages and, and other things and another thing you guys might not uh, may, may not have thought of you might want to protect your radio, especially your radios that you can transmit with because if a – going back to the nuclear thing, I don't think there's going to be a nuclear exchange, but going back to the nuclear thing, an EMP pulse will take out that radio and it won't work. And, of course, it probably would take out the good time radio too, but for emergency situations, it's much better to have one that you can transmit on.
7: My JL will be dead then anyway.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I mean, and down here down – yeah, down, no. here on the, down here on the Gulf Coast, it would be more of a, a concern about, uh, you know, tropical storms or hurricanes uh, and uh, less less of a situation uh, that, that that would require uh, the radio, hopefully. But, uh, anyway. Well, I'd
7: be surprised, like, when I got my CB from my Jeep, you know, I got the Jeep, everybody talks about you need a CB in it, so I put the CB in it. It had been a long time since I'd been on a CB.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: So I put it in, and I thought it was broke for the longest time (laughs)
5: because
7: the only time you hear anybody on the cv is really bad weather and uh i changed out the big tall whip that i had on it to a fire stick because i got tired of it banging on the back of the uh of the shell
5: oh sure yeah uh, let me ask you can i ask you this what vehicles would make it through that um is,
0: the EMP. EMP. Um, did you guys see the world, the world's uh, uh, movie with uh, uh, I want to say Tom Hanks, uh, Tom Cruise. Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. I think that was a very accurate depiction of uh, what would happen to automobiles, especially with computers, uh, the, the computerized uh, vehicles. I mean, a CJ owner probably would have a better opportunity to uh, drive away than anything that would be uh, later than that. Anything with a computer module, I think, is going to be. Uh, is going to be damaged, uh, perhaps uh, so much so that it won't be able to run. You get this big uh, electricity being fed into the computer and into the sensors uh, at, in an EMP, and it, it all depends on uh, how close the the uh, EMP is to you, uh, what the yield is, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, I, you know, I've never been in that situation. I don't know how bad it would be, but I can certainly see it killing killing your vehicle as well as a radio.
1: Now going going back to your question about the stubby antenna versus the... I've got a stubby mm-hmm. and I've got the factory antenna. The factory runs on my Jeep all the time unless... If I'm going wheeling somewhere that I think that the antenna is going to be a problem because of brush. Sure. And I'll put the stubby on it. It's not that big a deal because I'm going to probably put a flag on the Jeep. I'm going to have to air down. I'm going to have to do all those things. So, just taking the antenna off and switching it out. So, I think in, in, in that episode, you'd mentioned that if you do put a stubby on carry your other one as a spare just to back up and that's what i do
0: yeah i mean it's i i mean i understand uh believe me i mean i got more lights known to mankind on my jeep than mm-hmm. that are necessary uh so i, I completely understand that it, you know you do things because you like the way it looks and there may be some functionality to it uh but uh if, if you can find a space to take your antenna with you uh your factory antenna with you do it because you never know if you're going to need it uh it's especially uh important uh whenever you're in the uh the hills and valleys of things because uh you get weak signals because of the blockage of the uh the terrain and anything that is uh longer is gonna gonna help you out anyway it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. I just wanted to make sure that people understood uh quite often people make decisions about things and they don't understand the ramifications of it and uh because of my uh my years of experience in radio. I just figured, you know, hell, I'll I'll tell you about it. You do what you want to do, of course.
5: I'm very thankful, though, that you said, told me to, when I first did this way back in Maryland, to just keep that factory antenna. And I left it in my Jeep, and I put it underneath in in the back where we have those mats. Right. The floor mat and the way, way back. And I just set it under there and just left it there. And I'm so glad I did because now that I'm out here, I switched back. To the factory
0: antenna yeah if you're close in uh, to the to the transmitters the the broadcast transmitters the uh, the little stubby things and like josh was saying uh, just a piece of wire stuck in the back of the radio will probably be bet be fine for for most uh, most cases but uh right. you get out away from them and i guess you've experienced that directly haven't you tammy where the signals get really weak
5: oh yeah i with the stubby antenna i couldn't get i got zero radio stations here out in the valley in colorado
0: here that's interesting you know i'm about to go uh to like amazon or places where they sell those little stubby antennas and see if they if they have that on the uh, you know the description of the of the item they're selling because i would think that that would be something that uh, people would not want to they would not want those people to know that otherwise they probably wouldn't buy the the thing
1: right when i was shopping for my stubby they didn't tell you that it wouldn't give you good reception where i live right. i'm 30 40 miles from a radio station so even at my house i don't get very I, well that stubby picked up like one or two channels yeah yeah uh, and on fm and so i use my phone most of the time anyway but it's nice to have access to the radio station so if i'm traveling or on the road i'll, I'll always run my my stop
0: yeah well, I, think, I think you had a really good uh a really good idea there chip where you. You, you know, you don't want to hit a lot of trees and stuff, so let me take this antenna off. And you got to do all those other things anyway, so uh, that's good. Have you thought about doing the, the, uh, uh, the limb risers, the cables that you run from the, uh, the top down? I mean, I see those things, and I think, I, honestly, being the, the ham radio operator in me, mean, I see those things, and I wonder, hey, can I tune that up? Can I use that as an antenna? That's almost <laughs> like a dipole that I could, uh, I could use.
1: Well, some of the people I will with, a couple of people have it. I don't know i'm not really sold on that i mean i understand the purpose of it um we're not going into that kind of underbrush usually and so i don't normally i, I don't think it i don't think it's worth me doing that
0: yeah 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 i guess you'd have to do a that's lot of brush.
1: well that's
6: something i brought up as we were talking but, last week i brought limb risers up in the question asking if anybody's running them it's something i'm actually interested in doing um, because the brush and trees that I've got in worry and up in my mountains in North Carolina I'm interested in that uh, You yeah. know, I, I run a stubby antenna, but I'm like I want to keep things off my glass I've hit limbs. I'm, I'm running this stuff You know, it's again. It's to each your own it is the aesthetics of your jeep You look at your jeep and you look at it, you know I personally looked at it and i'm like I want that stubby even though i've got my factory antenna in the garage I don't use a radio. Period. Point blank. I run my phone for everything, and I've got service in
5: Uari, I've got service in the mountains. Oh, that's great. I've got no issues. Um, Some, but sometimes it's a matter of 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 what your Jeep looks like rather than the
6: yeah. Um, but like Tony, you look at wheels, and you know you don't like a low riding Jeep or this or that. I mean, it's to each their own. <clears throat> you know, I I like that look of that bullet antenna i'm like it oh it looks, it, it looks
0: neat especially when it's one of those 50 caliber bullets <laughs> yeah.
7: yeah yeah so we do a lot of wheeling every now and then in the, the ozark areas
5: beautiful you know, country
7: the, like southern missouri northern arkansas
5: mm-hmm.
7: and for those that's I've, I've been looking at putting the limb riders on my on my jeep just for that reason because you get down in all that and it gets it's pretty thick at times
0: yeah, I mean, you, you don't know until you need it, and, and then it's too late. Uh, I mean, you can fix it for the next time, but uh, it would be, you know, do you do it? And people go, why, why do you got those? Why do you do that for? It's kind of like the thing we were talking about, the uh, the snorkel last week. People always come out and talk about, you know, snorkel. Did you, did you fix this? Did you do that? How deep of water are you going to drive in? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, but if you don't have it and you need it, you know, get it. Put it on there. Then if you need it, great. If you don't,
5: better. Right, it's all like the, you know, bringing the fire extinguisher with you, bringing yeah. the first aid kit with you. You know, very rarely do you use it, but when you need to use it, or high lift jack, you better have it.
0: <laughs> it's great. What was that? Or a high lift jack? It's great to have a high lift jack, but right. but very seldom do do most people use it. I mean, I guess you can do hardcore stuff enough where you do use it a lot. But uh, I think the majority of people don't use the high lift, but damn, but it sure is handy uh, to have it when you need it.
5: And you better have that shovel for those fires.
0: <laughs> shovel or ready. Poor
5: Josh. We're picking on him and he's not even here. <laughs> With a headlamp. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. I didn't use a headlamp. <laughs>
0: So, anyway, uh, th- this is great. Great conversation. And uh, the, uh, I-, I got a few things here that I, uh, that I was just kind of curious about. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen this meme. I think everybody here is active in social media. Uh, if you're not, that's fine. You- you're probably w- more of the, uh, the saner types. <laughs> but there was a recent meme where a, a black Jeep, Tammy, uh, a black Wrangler, Uh-oh. had parked uh, in a parking space uh, and left an empty spot between it and the the that. fca jeep renegade and the comment yes. was yeah. the comment was oh uh, yeah I, I think it was kind of a, a they
5: were both black right? was it
0: well, I, th- I thought it was kind of a beige i believe or so yeah but anyway the the comment on the the meme was i'll walk the extra six feet <laughs> yeah, <yep. laughs> so, so do you guys uh, uh you know i like giving the 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 fca the fca jeep renegades a hard time uh, and I know in a way that that's a offensive to the, the people that own them, but I'm not trying to pick on the people that own them. Uh, I just don't like that FCA Jeep, and I don't consider it a Jeep. Do you guys, are you guys that way about uh, uh, non-Wranglers and maybe, or even non-CJs? Do you, do you disrespect or have less respect for those jeep models i mean i know that there's some out there that give uh, wranglers i'm sorry uh get cherokees a hard time as far as that's not really a jeep uh i love the the frameless and shameless uh you know thing about the uh the unibody jeep so uh how, how do you guys feel about the the non wranglers
5: well i'll go first i was just I'll, all i feel like is they just blend in with all the other vehicles and I, I don't really they don't stick out to me so i don't pay attention to them um and like, you know, in a parking lot, Wranglers, we always have to park right next to each other. But if there was another Jeep, like a Patriot or a Renegade or whatever, I would never, I probably wouldn't even notice it. XJs, I do. And I even wave to them. Um, but the other ones, they're, you know, they're just like any other vehicle to me.
0: Do you, do you look at them as like a car? They're not really the, in the same uh, vein, the same class as, as your Wrangler?
5: Totally. Sorry, everybody. Sorry Court, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you listen. Yeah, and H- oh,
7: I'll I'll park I mean, next I- to them all day long because they're usually not tall enough to beat my doors and when they open it up they just hit the <laughs> they just hit the uh
0: the sliders. Yeah, uh, rock
7: slide. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, you
1: know, to me though, I still respect the Jeep name. I mean it's you know, there's still Jeep vehicles. They're not a wrangler you know or, or an xj i mean i on the trails i had a liberty hang in there with me one time he was he was built i mean he had done a lot of work on that liberty but i'll give him respect i rented a renegade one time when we were on vacation down in texas to drive on uh, padre island and i wanted to run the beach and i asked for a jeep and that's what they gave me and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> this is what i wanted but it, it, it got me by my friends made fun of me, but hey.
7: Yeah, if you're looking for an SUV, it's not a bad but if you're looking at just SUV. If you're looking at it as from a Jeep standpoint, traditional Jeep, it's not that. But if you're just looking at it for uh, something to back and forth and you're not going to use it as a traditional Wrangler, <coughs> it's not bad
0: yeah i mean i think uh, of course i've m- I've m- made this comment before my fear is that somebody goes they go into a dealership and they look at the wranglers they see the price tags on them uh they see the gas mileage uh the mpgs on them and then they they glance over at the renegade and they look at its price tag and its mpg and go well it says jeep so and, right. and but they're not getting the same thing it's 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 apples and oranges now if you're driving down the road all the time does it matter if they're apples and oranges? I don't think so. Because nope. they both so that, drive on the road. You had mentioned that
1: the people that sell the stubby antennas should say that they don't get as good a reception. Yes. Does a Jeep dealer tell people, hey, this Liberty or Renegade or Compass or whatever is not going to perform like a Wrangler?
5: They probably don't. No, that, <laughs> that,
0: that would kill the I sale. I mean, it be a Trailhawk, right?
7: yeah i mean i'd have to agree with you
3: chip i mean i respect the jeep nameplate but do i wave at every renegade that i pass no
0: i don't know that they will get it i don't know that they're not that that they know enough about the jeep and the jeep wave to understand what that wave indicates uh uh, but they're they're not uh i call them civilians they don't know and and no disrespect to our military but it's this kind of a tongue-in-cheek they they don't know what it's like being a jeeper because that's not a uh a quote-unquote real jeep in my estimation
8: so tony uh half the people in wranglers that i drive past don't know how to wave either (laughs) but uh (laughs) yeah
5: absolutely
8: agree with the, the majority that seven slots is seven slots i mean it's still a jeep um is it as capable as our wranglers or our xjs probably not you know, they got to put a lot more work into it. You know, you don't get things like, uh, I don't know, like solid axles and real uh, yep. differentials and yep. transfer cases and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it to go to the mall, it'd be a great, great little uh, runabout. By the same token, I'd
7: love to have a Trackhawk.
0: Oh, I know. Right there. Yeah, but you're talking different <laughs> different thing there. Trackhawk uh, uh, outrunning uh, police and uh, police chases. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, those things. Uh, the Grand Cherokees, a whole different, whole different animal. I, I wouldn't. I, I know that the the older uh, Grand Cherokees. Uh, many people have made uh, good off road uh, vehicles with those. I never trusted the V eight. Not like I do the four uh, point I love V eight. I love power, but I have a tendency to break them. Usually the mains is what I'll break, and that's not for low oil. That's uh, pushing that gas pedal. I love <laughs> love going fast. So anyway, uh, no disrespect intended for the owners of the the Renegades or any of the other uh, lesser Jeeps. What is it? Uh, That movie, uh, Children of a Lesser God? that's just kind of the same thing with the. (laughs) We're just so much (laughs) better than
5: you. So sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Send your cards and letters to Jeep Mama. Uh, Right. (laughs) All your bad reviews. You know, we were talking before the uh, before we uh, before the show. Uh, uh, Tammy, aka Jeep Mama, you got a YouTube channel. do not you tell folks about your YouTube channel really quick?
5: Um, well, it's you can just search the Jeep Mama, and it's there. And um, I post videos of my um, off-road trips, all the trails I've been on. Um, I started about two years ago. I like a advanced it a little by doing my top five videos my must-have videos and how to's and you would be really surprised uh, what my biggest success of those videos are like how to go drive into how to put your Jeep into four-wheel drive um, how to use the sway bar and electronic disconnect buttons mm-hmm. on your Jeep that's a huge um, huge uh, views on that um, how to take the transfer case shifter knob off? Just these simple things um, that most of us take for advan- take advantage, you know, take, take for, for granted, right? Yeah, and it's kind of like why you brought me on the show in the first place, Tony, was to to give a different perspective. You know, mm-hmm. you and Josh have been, and all you guys on here probably have had your Jeep for years and years and years, and you know everything. And then there's so many new people out there buying Jeep because it's become so popular, and um, you'd be surprised at, you know, what they don't know because, you know, the dealers aren't telling you and, you know, this is your first time in a Jeep. So the the videos are, are doing really well. So I have, like, I don't know, 52 how-to's and I have, like, 40-some top fives, like, you know, my top five mods I want to do or... Um, but it, it really... Um, it's really great to get the comments like "Oh my God, thank you so much!" I was afraid to ask because I didn't want to get sure. picked on in this oh, yeah. form or on Facebook. So, um, and I started doing some install videos, and um, I pretty much my last Rubicon Trail video will be this Sunday, and then I gotta start finding some videos. To, to do again i guess i need to get back out on the trails
0: have you have you done an explanation of the uh the rubicon ten thousand dollar buttons as you as you uh call yeah, them no
5: that's <laughs> yes the the sway the sway lock no and no the
0: the lockers not, is what uh, i'm referring not to the, not
5: the, the sway bar and the locker video yes okay I did good, that good video I, a, I would imagine that like,
0: would be very daunting because they they see that button but they and, and if they tried pressing it it i'm sure the jeep goes feels really weird (laughs) i mean when you start making a turn and that front lockers on you go oh my god i broke my jeep so they don't they don't understand that concept so i would think that they
5: um and and they don't work unless you're in four-wheel low um and i'm sure with somebody who yeah um and once you get out of four-wheel low they automatically turn off um but yeah if you don't know anything about off-roading you're like what is sway sway bar i think it's sway bar right i think that's what it says mm-hmm. it sounds like well, a. I think,
7: uh, I think that's where your videos come into a, a, a i'll say a good market because most guys aren't going to ask those questions oh
5: now, oh you're a man make, you're or supposed make to know those
7: it. videos
5: mm-hmm.
7: so you're providing a you know a niche if you will to look i don't know i found out so let me show you i think that yeah. i think that's a very good niche
0: I was showing my um, daughter how to check the uh, the the um, uh, power sharing fluid levels in the uh, the 99 XJ that she used to drive, and I thought to myself, you know, <laughs> that that could be a video, not a not a long one, just a a video and show you right. shows people where the level should be for hot and cold, and just things that I learned that my dad showed me and that I've uh, taught my kids, and uh, and now it's on YouTube that they can go and 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 see it there if they forget how it is, and and there's no telling how many. uh uh, people out there that have no idea that their dad didn't know and they weren't taught or their dad wasn't around and and they weren't taught
5: so uh well a a funny video somebody made a joke on one of my videos like haha well you should do a video on how to use your steering wheel haha and i'm like (laughs) that's a good idea and i kind of did it tongue-in-cheek but there were so many people like oh my god thank you i didn't know that they had buttons there because there's buttons in the back of the steering wheel to um control your radio and so a lot of people like took it seriously and were thankful that i did that video and i'm like oh my god it was supposed to be a joke but
0: yeah i can't so. wait till your clock spring goes out and your, uh and oh, you have yeah. to take that steering wheel and off my, all that all that crap that you're got to go through it's nice having those buttons and stuff but boy it's a pain in the ass whenever you start having to take it apart
5: what you did know, you call it a quad spring?
0: Wow.
5: Clock that, spring clock oh clock spring okay i thought you were making another henway joke <laughs> that would have been a you,
0: cockspring
8: <laughs> You know Everybody wants to make fun of those videos However, uh, I got a friend That just recently bought a Gladiator uh, Rubicon, uh, it's a really nice truck But uh, he was at the Dealer and he was looking at all the Buttons, didn't know what any of it did And he went, he uh, had traded his uh, Durango in
9: mm-hmm. And
8: uh, so he's asking them what all the Buttons are And uh, they, they were telling him that the auxiliary Buttons were for uh the the USB ports so he could turn the four USB ports <laughs> off and on. And he like he's like, well why do I need to turn them off and on? And then he got to thinking. He's like, well that way I can, you know, like punish my kids or something.
0: Was that really what yeah. it was for or was it the salesman not knowing what he was talking about?
8: The the salesman really just didn't know what he was yeah. talking about. Yeah. Right. The the newer uh, JLs and JTs come with those auxiliary switches on there. Right. That uh, are pre-wired with relays and fuses, so when you want to nice. add things like lights and whatnot, it's already there. You just hook the power. Oh, up. Oh
5: yeah, so that's nice. right. I remember when I test drove mm-hmm. the Gladiator. I'm like, that is so cool.
0: Are we? Oh, yeah. get, are we getting breaking news here, Tammy? Are you upgrading to a a Jeep truck? Uh,
5: yeah. No. 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 When I <laughs> when I was back in, um, remember when they first came out. I was. They they claimed I was the first person in Maryland that got to test drive the Gladiator.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's um, what all the salesmen tell the tell the people.
5: Yeah, they're like, <laughs> yeah. But
7: I, I'd love to get one of those, but I think I'd miss that space in the back of my Jeep too much.
0: Yeah, I really don't like the departure angle. I don't get to go off road very much, but I really don't look forward to dragging my ass on stuff uh, if I did go off road
9: i i got to see a couple of them on the trail this past summer and some pretty tight stuff and i agree i thought the same thing tony but after seeing these seeing the gladiator go over obstacles that i i went over in my jk no issue you yeah. know and uh our trail leader was in a tacoma and a tacoma is one inch wheelbase shorter than the uh the gladiator and the, the Tacoma had no issue so I thought the same thing, but I was more than impressed.
0: So I I'm got to ask you a, a question, uh, Chris. Uh, why in the world would you follow a Toyota?
1: Mm-hmm.
9: He put together on my first overlanding trip, <laughs> and, and on the on the hood of it, on the hood of it, I may have sent you a picture. It said "official Jeep recovery vehicle." Oh, now, I think you did. I think be, he did. To be fair, he's got an LJ. To be fair, he's got a very nice LJ at home. He just, he just. Went with the Toyota for some reason.
0: He's just going out there to piss everybody off. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're great for for overlanding.
6: Oh yeah, Tony it's I a-, own a Tacoma. Oh, yeah.
0: Why would you do that? Why? Why in the world would you do that when there's a Jeep truck available?
6: I uh, because I'd spend too much money on a Jeep truck. <laughs> I looked at the Gladiator and I was like, oh my god, how much they I going to put into this. I've got well no, I've got thirty thousand dollars plus in my i j I'm like I can't put any more money into a jeep, and I continue to put money in my y j mm-, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. well, you got a jeep, and I just yeah, I've got the jeep, and i'm gonna but I don't daily drive it i it sits in my backyard
0: so if you don't mind me asking how much it. was the uh the toyota that's
6: a forty Two thousand dollar truck.
0: So probably a good twenty thousand less than uh, the the Jeep truck.
6: Yeah, well, yeah. it just depends what model you buy. I and well, again, I bought I bought the sport, not the off road. Right. I'm like I want a I want a daily driver that's a truck and gives me functionality, also with four wheel drive. You know, things come down to it. I've got my <clears throat> Jeep, but I've got an eighty nine Jeep that I bought for six thousand four hundred dollars that I now have $30,000 invested, I'll never sell it, never get rid of it. Oh, you it's never my get baby. your money
0: back, yeah.
7: Yeah, no, it's 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 my baby. Well, that, you know, that's one thing nice about the sport version of the Gladiator versus the sport version of a you know, of, of a Wrangler. At least with the sport version of the uh, the Gladiator, it's already got Dana 44 axles sitting under it. Yeah, that is nice. Oh. So, so worst that. case, Throw a set of lockers in it, and you're and you're running a Rubicon ish setup, if you will, where a sport, you know, a, a traditional Wrangler sport, that's a Dana thirty front. It's got a Dana forty four rear in it now, but not the same front end.
5: What transfer cases do they have in them? You
7: well, know? if you get if you get the Rubicon, you know, it's <clears throat> the 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 four to one. The four otherwise, to one, it's, it's the same. Not, okay. Yeah. I, but, I you know, would. So many different I, models that that kind of mismatches everywhere
9: right right i i would argue based on experience and on the trail with other rubicon i have a sport that at least in michigan for the kind of wheeling we do the rubicon transfer case is too low oh it sits too low no no the four to one is too low the gear reduction oh, is too oh, low okay. and uh, i i know uh a good friend who just traded in his recon Rubicon and he's got a Mojave Gladiator now and uh he's had a couple of Rubicons um and he he agreed it was just too low and then I was when I was out um on Drummond Island this past summer the guy that was in a Rubicon on the radio a couple times he it was just too low for what we were doing and uh he needed to engage the sway bar disconnects in the locker and he could only do that in low range and he was not struggling but Annoyed with having to be in low range and and it so and again it's it's somebody's it's talking from a perspective that can't afford a Rubicon so of course <laughs> I'm going to say oh the, the the Rubicon yeah yeah I'm not going to sport yeah, yeah.
0: see that's why you don't want that thing that's because you know it, it screws you now I exactly. was I, I was up. told when I went to get my uh, my transfer case for my XJ. Uh, I was going to get something that was like a f- 4.3 to 1 or, you know, something that was higher. And, and uh, uh, Steve, uh, we've, we've mentioned him uh, many times before, 4.3LXJ cautioned me. He said that you don't want to get s- that high of a gearing. Uh, because of the 456 gears that you have in your differentials right. and because of the AW4 gearing, uh, the transmission gearing. Because if, you, if you're out on the trail and you're trying to keep up with everybody, you're not going to be able to, uh, or you'll have to really rev your engine higher. So you'll be sw- switching in and out of... Uh, for low uh, just so you can keep up with the rest of the people driving down the thing so I went, I think it was the 3.8 uh, to 1 and I guarantee you with the everything else I have in there the gearing on everything else I got to use both feet on the brake pedal to make the thing stop it's mm-hmm. just amazing it's like a 50 to 1 overall crawl ratio uh, with that 3.8 in there so um, I, can, I can see that I can see that you know a, a 4 or 4.1 to 1 might be a little too high
5: what kind of island? wheeling is on Drummond Island uh, just
9: uh, uh, it's all rock, but nothing no no rock obstacles trails trails it's just uh, Right. there's a, some some rock obstacles, but nothing nothing crazy
7: really? with my with my well, manual, I would love a little lower a little lower gearing because you know that's that's the problem with the manual you're either moving or you're clutch in because you don't get the option of sitting there and just feathering
0: the pedal and sitting right
5: right so and sometimes i don't even need to touch the pedal it just goes <laughs> crawls on its own depending on what kind of um terrain you're on so, so chris when you're wheeling on
1: drumming like you're talking about i'm assuming you're running like an open trail that you may be going 10 mile an hour 15 mile an hour something like that
9: yeah if that i mean it's 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 rock i say rock it's a big limestone island it's just the terrain's very rough, so you don't want to go too fast. But yeah, you're just you're just rolling through. I mean, I'm second gear. I've got a sport, so it's, what two seven two to one, three seven three rear end uh, rear gear, and it's second gear, just crawling, you know, idling at ten miles an hour.
7: But do you, you
9: really need manual to too? Isn't it? Do
1: you need it's a manual? Yeah. But four low is probably not necessary. I mean, you could run four high.
9: I could but just for preference because I'm in a manual run for low, I can leave it in second gear and not have right. to touch the clutch all day.
0: Oh that's okay. nice. Yeah.
1: Versus if you're rock crawling that I, I mean I've I've had two Rubicons and I love the 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 ratios because it I can creep up the rocks or whatever I'm doing. Right. Uh, well again I'm the... I'm poor. I'm poor. I can't afford a Rubicon,
8: <laughs> so that's what my is gonna be all day long. Well, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that there, Chris. Uh, your your uh, sport probably costs more than my Rubicon. I'm just going to throw that one out there. I'm running a TJ Rubicon 4 I, okay. I only got, I only paid like 13k for it when I bought it. So uh. yeah, paid paid a little more.
9: But.
0: So that's an interesting thing that uh, somebody brought up about having the sport. Uh, at least in my mind, that the question I, uh, that I had was, would you be more interested in getting a, uh, a vehicle that doesn't have all the frills, that doesn't have uh, maybe the, the, the sway bar uh, disconnect and the lockers and, and all those other things?
5: I think if I had to do it over now, I would like to do a sport so I could pick all the different things that I want. Now that I know more about it, yeah, Um you know and save that money and then you could customize it the way you want right. you know because i spent all that money um on the rubicon and then i changed my drive shaft i changed my steering right. and you know i added more on it where i could have probably saved a lot of money you know i really a sport
0: i really feel bad myself. for the for the folks that change out the axles they get rubicons and then they they right. pull the axles out of there because they find that they need to get you know, some uh some heavier duty axles in there maybe yeah. in the sixties or something. And now well, they've and got and these.
7: That's, yeah, that's the reason why I went the route I went. I bought the sport because the Rubicon was pushing twenty grand more. And yep. what when I looked at the options, I figured, well, I'm probably gonna do some upgrades on this thing. Yep. And you know, there's so many people out who buys who buys a Rubicon and they rip out eventually everything that made it a Rubicon. <laughs>
0: I mean that's and kind of I actually. That's kind of I the fun it, of owning the Jeep take a is modifying TJ now
5: it. or a YJ. Yeah, but at y- the time, I shoot, I could all I could do is like get new floor mats and some seat covers. You well, know, when with, I first got With the
0: Rubicon, it. you really didn't need anything.
5: Right, but now that I know more and I have more experience and I have someone that can help me you know, work in the garage. Right. Um, Neil actually wants to put one tons and 37s on my Jeep. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go that high.
0: It's, uh, it's really nice, Tammy, that, that TJ I that, I, that I drove out in uh, Big Bear, California. My God, that was so much fun. I don't know how good it would be as a daily driver, but boy, off-road, it was just amazing.
5: Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing.
8: Well, you know, Tammy, uh, 40s are the new 37s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know.
5: <laughs> I just have these little wimpy 35s, and I thought they were so cool. I'm like, look at how big my Jeep is. But yeah, 40s on daily driving would be kind of tough.
0: Well, it's all about uh, the the gear ratio. You'd probably be wanting to change the uh, the the gear ratio and the uh, and the diffs at that point, uh, especially if you went to 40s. But uh, there's there's so much stuff that you have to do uh, to the vehicles whenever you start putting on really large mm-hmm. heavy tires because of the additional right. torque that it puts on all the the parts and it and the, those parts are going to wear out quicker anyway. Uh so uh it's it's a it's a game, it's a a, a money game and uh, some people uh just don't have the time or the money to put into the the right. Jeep to to maintain that type thing.
5: And I think if you got to that point it would be your it would be your trail rig and you would have, you know, your jeep or whatever vehicle you had for your daily driver but
1: chris that that kind of leads into the discussion you said you didn't want to spend the money on a rubicon
9: i didn't didn't have the money not that i didn't want to i just didn't have the money
1: (laughs) right but so to me yeah i financed my rubicon so it came real real ready for what i i mean i had my lockers it, it had the 44s now am i Slowly upgrading those things? Yes, but I can do it over five years or something. But I have a Jeep that's built right away that's that I kind of financed some of the upgrades that I would have wanted to do immediately. Then I would have had to pony up out of pocket for e-lockers or what have you. So when you look at it and average it out, it you could trade it off either direction. If you were gonna spend the money out of pocket doing the upgrades that you're wanting to do to a sport, which is, that goes back to, I think in one of the episodes, we had a built, not bought discussion. And, right. and have exactly what you want, or having a Rubicon that's very adequate, and then as you want, upgrade on that if you if you want or need to. Right.
7: Yeah, that was, I'll just say, speaking for myself, for me it was the: uh, can I afford a five hundred dollar a month payment, or do I start chewing on close to a <laughs> thousand?
0: My <laughs> goodness. Well, no. Yeah. Might as well start dating a hooker. All right. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> I, uh, speaking well, of speaking of hookers, we how we have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do what you got to do to modify your Jeep. I understand. So speaking of hookers, uh, let's uh, let's listen to uh, Nikki G here real quick. From the mind of Nikki G.
7: Hey, this is Nikki G. And Tammy, I ran into a friend of yours at Uwari last week.
2: Hey, hey, Jeep Mama, how you doing? This is Jerry
6: and. uh we miss you over here today. So,
7: I don't know. We'll see you out there in uh, in Moab in the spring, I guess. Tammy, uh, I miss you. I'm dying to go wheeling with you again. Please come back to the East Coast because I can't drive out to the West Coast because if I drive my Jeep more than an hour or two, it kind of rattles my dental work loose. And plus, I can't figure out how to cut this ankle monitor off yet. (laughs) But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that uh, when I talk with my Hispanic friends, I use the word mucho as often as possible. Yeah, it really means a lot to them. (laughs) All right, boys and girls, I will chat at you later. You have
0: a good one. Bye. Oh, boy. Yep. Yep. That's Nikki G. So, so Tammy, did you, uh, do you know who, who he was talking to?
5: Um, I was tearing up when, um, G. said he missed me and uh, yes, um, that was Jerry, Willie wagon. Um, I wheeled with him several times over there on the East coast. He listens to the podcast. He's the, he's the guy who, um, drives the Jeep semi truck, you know, takes the Jeeps back and forth from Toledo. Um,
0: truck driver he that uh, that moves jeeps around
5: yeah he's um the big jeep truck takes the jeeps to the new dealers but anyway yeah i was tearing up because there's a lot of people i miss on the west coast East. um it'd be nice to get nikki g to come out here and do moab with us
0: oh it'd be nice to. Uh, i wish we had all uh, of us. wish we had enough we money where meet. we could just get everybody the, you know, the, meet up. the jeep talk show would uh uh Transport everybody to uh, to Moab and have a big Jeep oh, that talk would be show, fun. <clears throat> a big Jeep, Jeep talk show meet.
1: But after Nikki G's last trip out there, when he put down Arkansas and Oklahoma, I'm not sure they'll let him through travel through those states again.
5: <laughs> yeah, really.
0: <laughs> they'll have to be flyover states, I think, is what you're saying.
5: Right. They were probably bored without me there because they liked picking on me. That one time they stole my D ring off the Jeep, and then Nikki G put. Wow. Um, um stickers or little he made little magnets. Um and then he put oh I'd rather be red yeah <laughs> on my Jeep. So you well, are right?
8: pardon? pardon? Last weekend was, don't you up there at
5: I know there was a bunch of people out there but I didn't know was it a special
8: 10th Annual uh, Veterans Ride, presented by uh, True oh, Patriot yeah, yeah. Incorporated.
5: Yeah, that's right, that's right. Didn't the True Patriot guy, didn't he... Um, or they sponsored a guy to do the 36 Hours of URI, I believe.
8: Yeah, they did. They had a team they sponsored.
5: Yeah, that would be a fun little um, contest to run in. I think you'd do some jeeping, you do some shooting... And I forget yeah,
0: what the, else uh, you do. Man, now you're talking.
8: Uh, Carolina Trail Talkers. that actually started it 10 years ago, but they uh, are uh, celebrating their 50th anniversary this next year. and uh, They got a big surprise raffle that's coming out. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, uh, from uh, what I heard, um, there's a lot of us that are going to want to enter. So, uh,
5: it's going to be a hi- jeep, I bet Yeah,
8: I'd highly recommend <laughs> that you follow their page, figure out what they're going to do.
5: Yeah, one year um, up at Roush Creek, crawling for Cops, it's a charity ride. Um, it's the charities for fallen, fa- fallen officers' families, um, but they bought an old XJ, and they had all these sponsors, and they built that thing up, and... had a raffle
0: for it and somebody won a jeep yeah xj's gonna be a lot of fun especially uh but because they're xjs and and certain groups of people don't really care for them it's uh, it's pretty cool when you see them out there uh doing all that they do so i I meant to do this a while back but we've just been so busy in conversation uh bob has joined us uh uh, bob uh, what's it like being a zoom people and uh, where are you located
2: uh tonight i'm sitting in colorado uh I'm also in South Dakota part of the time. Uh and it's fine being in the Zoom room. <laughs> uh,
5: where where Do in Colorado you, are you? Uh up by Greeley. Okay, you're you're way north of me.
0: So you so you don't feel cheap, you don't feel dirty being in the Zoom room? It's it's okay, <laughs> it's a good experience for you?
2: I don't think I could feel any uh, cheaper, dirtier than I do most days. So
0: so uh, for for our Facebook uh, Live folks that are watching, what is the uh, the Jeep that we see there behind you? Is that a, a JK, JKU? Uh, it looks like a JK. Uh, TJ,
2: actually. a 2005 TJ.
0: Excellent. I wanted to see, say TJ, but uh, I didn't want to, uh, to jinx it. So it is it's the, 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 the app- wrong color. It though. is the appropriate color. Shut up.
5: No, it's not.
2: <laughs> it was an accident it was it's the color i ended up with <laughs> never
0: never apologize for a red jeep uh, that's something that just god willed f- for you and you just need to accept it
2: <laughs> i talked to my buddy into buying it and i told my wife i said a year tops i said give it a year he'll sell it to me he'll find something else he wants about six weeks after he bought it he found an lj he likes yeah so he bought that and i told my wife i said hey by the way that jeep i'm buying it earlier than we thought
0: yeah <laughs> ljs are nice that would be i can understand him going that direction was it a uh a sport a rubicon or
2: his lj is a uh sport i think this one was uh x yeah i think
0: yeah that's what uh, that's what we got for my wife my wife's not going to take hers off road so all I need to do is uh, get the, uh, the heater gun and get the X off of there, and nobody will know.
2: <laughs> well, it's hanging up there. It's uh, getting a two-and-a-half-inch rough country lift, uh, new bumpers or new back bumper, getting a winch, uh, recovery, going to run it on 33-inch KO2s. Uh, we're not doing lockers or anything yet, but that'll probably come down the road.
0: So you didn't think? Oh, uh, what's the front axle on that? Is it the uh, the Dana 30? Thirty. Yeah, I was going to say uh, uh, you can fit 35s on there easily, but yeah, if you want to take it off road, that Dana 30 probably with 35s uh, unmodified would probably not be be too kind.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll have to strengthen everything up, but I don't plan on going any higher than 33s with
0: this one okay well there's nothing wrong with that uh it's just uh, the just so sexy about a jeep with really big tires on it so uh sometimes you get uh, you go down that slippery slope uh, trying to get the right look and uh, uh not considering the the me- mechanics behind it now there was something i wanted to ask you guys before we got uh, uh before we ran out of time uh, I love this when it happens to me, and I was just wondering if if this has happened to you guys. Maybe you have a, a good, interesting story. So has somebody ever stopped you, like, say, in a parking lot, uh, uh, I don't, usually getting in and out of your Jeep and compliment you on your Jeep and maybe ask some questions about it? Or perhaps they've given you a hard time about having your gas-guzzling, uh, tree-killing, uh, grass-stomping Jeep, uh, modified Jeep off-road. What uh, ha- Has anybody run across those things? I mean, I, I think everybody's run across the thing, if you have a modified Jeep, that you get compliments like a nice Jeep or a thumbs-up or a, a question or two. But uh, just curious, anybody take the, the wrath of a, a, a tree-hugger?
7: No wrath um, of the tree, tree hugger, but I have had people pull up at Walmart next to somebody and they came over and looked at it because they were looking at getting a Jeep mm-hmm. and uh, just had a few questions. So it, that ended up about 45 minutes in the parking lot. Just- <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yep. So, it's
5: all good. Yeah, I always I always get compliments, like if I'm in the drive-thru or whatever, like, oh, my God, nice Jeep. Um, and, you know, of course, people say, oh, my God, there's Jeep Mama. I'm kidding. Um but what I find is all my friends and family who are not Jeep owners always take pictures when they run across a Jeep, like when they're out and they text me pictures of the Jeep. Oh, that's nice. Um, or they see, you know, Jeep memes or Jeep pictures on, you know, social media and they send them to me. That happens a lot. And it's like, oh my God, I've seen this meme 159 times. Um, but, you, you know, you got to play nice. <clears throat> Um, but no did one's you, ever. Did you know about the Easter <laughs> Yeah, really. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, actually, uh, a girl that I went to high school with, we just reconnected last week, and she shared me um a video she did about her life story. Um, and so I shared her my Jeep Mama life story, and she was like, "Wow, you know, never really thought of Jeeps that way." And so then, like, the next day, she saw a, one of those lime green Jeeps in the parking lot, and the person was getting on the Jeep, and she stopped, and she started talking to the Jeep person because, you know, me being the Jeeper. So I thought that was kind of funny.
0: So, Travis, you've had your YJ for many, many years. Uh, surely, uh, you've had a, uh, an interesting uh, run-in or two with uh, fans or uh, anti-fans. <laughs>
6: So the most recent was actually about two years ago. I mean, I 24-7 get compliments on the YJ. When I drive to work, when I do anything, when I, when I period, point blank, I get compliments on it. I'm still jealous of my buddies that have better YJs and get more compliments, but <laughs> I get compliments 24-7. Um, but the most recent when I was stopped in a traffic light and it's probably been when I first started listening to the show is three years ago, a guy, not one guy, but three and four around me at a major light all were like complimenting on my third brake light that I personally built for my Jeep. YJs didn't come or an eighty nine YJ did not come with a third brake light. And I wired I built one out of a pizza pan and put it in the rear. In between my spare tire. And I had left and right people stopping me, like, hey, I love that. I love that. That's great. You know, mine, <clears throat> because it's not wired or built that way, I turn my signal on and half of it blinks, half of it doesn't. Oh, well, that's neat. Um, but it's just, it's something different that I did. You know, I, like I said, I get compliments, hey, that doesn't look like an 89 vehicle. And I'm like, I mean it is i've painted it i've taken care of it i've built it up i've made it to do everything it does and it breaks down on me still with all the money i've invested but you know it's a frankenstein jeep uh i love it and but that was the most recent was literally a tail light you know in my spare light before it became famous and everybody the moms got it i built one and i saw it and i was like i can make that i did it and now it's as common as everybody
0: yeah it only cost but that, <clears throat> it only cost ten dollars more than to, to buy it online but at least you did it yourself <laughs> yeah well
6: no i, I mean it I agreed with that but i mean that's the thing i'll I'll build things i'll see something on a jk or a jl or a, you know a tj and i'm like i can make that happen on an old YJ. And mm-hmm. I do that. I yep. like I can get creative and figure out how to make things done and do it. Um, you know, mirrors for my old YJ, I, I put them mounted off a roll bar I've got on the top of it, which they don't make anymore. There's everybody now. And, and Tony, you've seen a picture of my Jeep. I've got a roll bar that runs up over my windshield and down. It was made for KC lights. And I had KC lights up there initially. I've since converted to LEDs, but you know, I, I saw a beautiful JL run, or it wasn't a jail, It was a JKU run through my parking lot at one of my events I was holding, mm-hmm. and he had mirrors mounted off his roll bar, and I saw it, and I figured out how to do it, and did it. Oh hell yeah, loved it. Uh, you know, it's just little things. You see something? Doesn't matter what year, what model. If you're creative, you can make oh, things happen. Oh, of course. Happen. Yeah. No. You know, if if respect somebody respect every Jeep,
0: somebody designed that J K or J T, and if they did something there, that uh, certainly you, somebody else can come along and do uh, the the similar thing. So, uh, Chip, how about you? Did you have you run across any uh, situations? I would think, especially think with the maybe the older Jeeps, because uh, they 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 definitely look like a Wrangler that people are familiar with, but they're a little different. They're a little off. I would imagine that kind of tweaks people's uh curiosity that don't know the difference between the wranglers and the cjs
1: well yeah i mean so it's always fun when somebody recognizes your jeep and respects it um i've got a 78 tj5 that's set up for off-road the previous owner actually put kind of an exoskeleton on it with tubular um Mm -hmm. bars on it to to protect the fenders and anyway when i was off-roading with it at the badlands uh, over by us they, uh, I drove by somebody and they were like, ooh, respect. And so <laughs> when you get an older Jeep out there on the trail, sometimes you get respect like that. Um, you know, the newer Jeeps, I was in, I, uh, I guess it was Menards or Lowe's parking lot. And some father and son walked by and the, the son wanted to stop and look at the Jeep. And that's always fun and oh, yeah. a nice compliment when people stop and want to look at it
0: yeah no I think the respect comes in because uh, uh, so many people understand having an old vehicle is a is a challenge you have to you can't just have it and drive it when you want to because things uh, hoses rot uh, things wear and you know you got to do maintenance on it to, to give it have it out there and then to take it off road well that's just that's just the next level so i can I can certainly understand that. Uh, anybody else have any interesting uh, situations with uh, with your Jeep on or off-road? People giving you compliments or ex- anybody giving you a hard time?
2: When me and my buddies will meet, go do something before we go out on the trail and anything like that, a few of us in Jeeps will show up, park, be sitting there waiting, never fails, uh, somebody else in a Jeep will pull up and park in the line just to Say
0: hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I'll have to do
5: that next time. I didn't think of
0: that. Yeah, we've we've had a. Uh, we used to do uh, back when uh, in the XJTalk.com dot com days. Uh, it was only Cherokees. I mean, everybody was welcome, of course, but it was uh, mainly ch- uh, just uh, XJs Cherokees. And uh, once a week, I'm sorry, not once a week, once a month. Uh, I think it was the first weekend of the month we would go to a, a Sonic, uh, and uh, we had that same thing happen many times. We'd have several Cherokees uh, parked out there and then you'd, you'd see somebody on you know driving down the highway uh, next to the Sonic and they then you'd see him again and you'd see him pulling into Sonic and rolling over there to see what was going on with all the Jeeps there uh, that right. was a lot of fun uh, I'd like to like to do something like that again it's just that the show is you know a national or a worldwide worldwide uh, audience and uh, everybody is so spread out uh, it would just uh, but it was a lot of fun uh, having the the locals to uh the website <clears throat> show up there now i was curious about this have you uh this along the same lines have you ever run across a situation where you got pulled over by a police officer and then uh you know for, for some some infraction uh for sure i mean not just because they're curious about you uh, but, uh, and then you get into a long conversation about your Jeep modifications, maybe stories of the, the police officer that used to have a Jeep. He was so wish he uh, hadn't ever gotten rid of it, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, if you have had that, how did it end? Did you get the ticket? Was it a warning? Uh, what was the, uh, you know, did you go to jail and they, uh, they took your Jeep? How did, how did it work out?
9: Well, in high school in high school, I had a YJ that was red by the way. And, uh, I got, I got, it was, yeah, I got stopped. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't turn my headlamps on when I, when I left where I was going at the store because they're so poor and, and they're still the same. What condition
0: difference is it, it, it make On or off? It didn't, it didn't matter. <laughs> I
9: couldn't, I couldn't tell. Like, yeah. I couldn't tell. And I just got a warning, but I, I, I told him, I was like, I, I, yeah, you really can't tell. And it's not much better with the JK. Um, uh, but yeah, That's I just sad. got let off with the warning. I didn't know. You wouldn't know if they're on or
0: off. Was there any Jeep Can't discussion? Did, did he uh, ask you some questions about your Jeep? Was he a, a Jeep interested person, or it, it was just simply a stop?
9: It was simply a stop, but he seemed to—he seemed to understand the explanation. Like, like he maybe he'd heard it before. He's like, "Well, yeah, just, just you know, make sure you pay more attention next time." So he seemed to understand the explanation. Gotcha. Like, yeah, like he, yeah, he's heard about
0: it. He was aware of the the uh, the, the the candle situation.
9: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
5: Well, for me, whenever I get pulled over, which hasn't been like maybe three or four times, I always say, "Oh, did you pull me over because you wanted to see my Jeep?" <laughs> Uh, don't don't that doesn't work no i wouldn't think so no that doesn't work um but actually here in the valley neil was in his the j4000 truck that we got and he was actually pulled over just because the cop wanted to see the truck yeah um so
1: i can see that
5: don't don't use the hey did you want to see my jeep or hey you know i'm kind of a big deal don't that doesn't work either
0: so, also, also, Tammy, there's a thing where they uh, supposedly the, the, the lady says, I heard that uh, police uh, don't give uh, good looking women tickets. And uh, he says, That's right, and hands you the ticket.
5: <laughs> right. <no. Ooh. laughs> that, would, that would hurt, right? <laughs> you know. so a lot of the first
1: responders around me, I'm not in a rural area, but four or five of the firemen and, and a couple of the police officers do have Jeeps and uh, they have Wranglers. Um, and In some regards uh, i think they look at it that they can respond better i know you money you've talked about it being like superhuman skills but Mm -hmm. i think that they look at it that if it's a snowstorm or weather conditions a flood that they can get there in response if they needed to with their personal vehicle
0: yeah, I uh, I love having an off road vehicle, and I, I hate driving anything uh, anything else. I mean, I'm a big truck fan too. I'd love to have a full size truck, but it's not the same thing uh, going out in a truck, especially with all the uh, uh, how light the rear end is on the truck. You uh, you know you, you can't really accelerate well. It it has a tendency to float in the back. Now I haven't had a truck in many many years. It may be different now, but I suspect it's uh, it's probably the same thing. It's not, the, not, as, the, not, not as nice as driving a Jeep. So I guess I'm the only one that had the, uh, the run-in with a police officer that sat and we talked for a good 45 minutes. Uh, I think he got, he got me at 25 miles over the speed limit, which he informed me was uh, actually something that they... Uh, uh, you could go to jail for that. Yeah, could go to, could go to jail for. And uh, fortunately, he was a, uh, a past Jeep Cherokee owner. And uh, oh, he exactly whew. he exactly said that uh, he wished he had never gotten rid of it.
5: Everybody that does that, I hear. God, I wish I never would have sold my jeep. It's bad mojo, man.
0: Selling a jeep is a bad idea unless you're uh, unless you got too many of them, uh, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to get speeding tickets in an old Wrangler. Yeah, yeah. Well, stuff like that are badges of honor. You know, you put That's true. you pin That's that true. to your shirt and walk around with it. <laughs> I buy that new one with the Hemi in it <laughs> yeah oh uh, so we I think Wendy uh, did a story uh, a few episodes back about uh, Jeeps being ducked uh, ha- has anybody here had their Jeep ducked and if you don't know what that is it's having a little uh, the little uh, plastic toy duck stuck on your Jeep someplace with uh, some little attached note uh, like nice Jeep or something Uh good advertising uh, ploy, I there
1: think. I right here.
0: Ah, okay. Oh, dude, did you
1: get, wow. I, I went to a Jeep show and I got ducked three times.
5: A little baby Wow. Duck. But it was really, it was the first time I'd ever been ducked. So Yeah, I, I haven't been ducked yet. I'm so sad.
0: So, Chip, I got to ask, is this, did you, did somebody else duck you or, did, or are you ducking yourself? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got ducked by somebody else, but. It was because the all the a lot of the jeeps were. It was a jeep show, but it was really just everybody drive. It was an event to drive to. They had a mud pit that they dug out, and we went through the mud pit. It's a local little club I'm in, and they raised money for uh, for the uh, dogs, for canines, for uh, for veterans. Oh, great! So it's a good fundraiser event too. But the. So yeah, the ladies they walk by, but since my jeep lifted and sitting on thirty sevens, I think I got a little respect from the people walking by. So I got some ducks, and then, but eventually there were so many people giving out ducks that almost every jeep got a couple ducks.
0: Wow, uh-huh.
2: So, it was really popular. So where do
5: you live? Where do you live, Chip? It's in Central Illinois, East Central oh, okay. Illinois. I wonder if it's like an East Coast Midwest thing. Well, my daughter it's got really uh,
0: had a, a duck left on her jeep uh, here in. Uh, KD Texas. So I was yeah, I was really surprised. Yeah, that's
5: right. Well, they're not in Colorado.
7: Yeah, back oh, in my August goodness. we went to the Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion and uh, there were ducks flying everywhere. Everybody got <laughs> ducked down there. That was a good show I was there. And yeah. They were, out, they, was. they were handing out ducks everywhere. Yep.
0: So what's the correlation oh. between ducks and jeeps? Does it does anybody get that? I think it's just because uh, they're something cheap you can buy in mass on hey. the, online.
9: Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I did think it was interesting in the, speaking of the Hemi, the Jeep 390, the Rubicon 392 in the reveal video I watched, the, uh, I had a Jeep, I forget his name, mentioned the ducking Jeeps oh that was God. in his presentation. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Wow. And he mentioned it was not something we promoted. This is grassroots. And yeah, it's interesting.
0: So I think I mentioned this before. Um, oh, by the way, somebody's got a TV on in the background that's really loud on the on the Zoom thing. Um, so I think I mentioned this before. Uh, I had come up with a couple ideas for the uh, for something that the Jeep Talk Show could do, uh, putting on uh, things on vehicles. And I was thinking of uh, like these toy mustaches, and it, it would be like a little tag that says, "I must ask if you watch the Jeep Talk Show." Too corny. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. I mean, so, it kind of goes along with the bad jokes on the show. <laughs> t- Tony, yeah, I, I, I,
9: I like I like the idea you you proposed a few episodes ago about the the rat, the rap bastard. Like make, rat. It, yeah. <laughs> make it a little make it a little offensive. Call somebody out for being a rap bastard <laughs> for not being a paid subscriber. Uh-huh. You'll upset some people, but who knows? You might get some more subscribers. I mean, negative press is good. Is
7: press?
0: Yeah, right, I, I right. think they, I think I've heard you know, it many times. Any press is good press.
7: Yeah, exactly. I have seen on yeah, face, yeah. Facebook a couple times where where a guy will actually hold the duck up and and bitch about getting a, his that uh, duck on his Jeep.
0: I don't understand. Huh. That's I mean, somebody took the time. That would be like bitching about somebody coming up and saying, "Hey, nice Jeep." Would you quit? Just right. leave my Jeep alone. Quit eyeballing my Jeep. You, know, you right, right. Come on. It's 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 it's, it's oh, so somebody noticing. Bellies. Yeah, but exactly yeah right right so the other so. thing I was thinking about was uh, I wish I could find somebody that made uh ten millimeter sockets uh like plastic there. out of plastic because then there. the the thing would be to and, and, but I think so many people wouldn't get that you know with the the 10 millimeter thing uh, no. so, so many well. jeep owners wouldn't get that but I think it'd be pretty funny about you know here's a, a 10 millimeter socket and uh, to find out more uh, things about your Jeep listen to the Jeep talk show <laughs>
6: But the the younger generation wouldn't understand that. I think our generation would. I say "our" in a casual Zoom meeting sense.
9: Mm
6: -hmm. Younger generation, no, they're going to be like what ten millimeter? Again, I don't think a lot of them do a lot of work themselves on their Jeep. I could be way wrong because I know the groups I travel with, the groups I ride with, everybody's wanting to do their own work. Uh, Um, Well,
9: I I think think for the. For the JK, it should be an go. eighteen millimeter yeah. wrench.
5: <laughs> a, eighteen yeah, mils go.
9: for the JK.
0: Yep. Yeah, Bob had a uh, ten millimeter right there by his side. He put. put yeah, put, I was trying to read that. I'm camera. assuming
5: that's what it
2: was. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. I'm uh-huh. actually sitting at the toolbox.
7: <laughs> yeah, and a JL is its engine, engine analyzer because you need to code first.
0: <laughs>
7: exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, guys, we've been been at this for an hour and fifteen minutes. It's time to, oh to, to yeah, it's wow. time to wrap it up. I really appreciate you guys uh, uh, joining here with me, and uh, I'm glad you guys didn't choose to screw me and not show up. I figured y'all all were going to get together and go. Let's get there fifteen minutes late just to uh, uh, <laughs> see what Tony does for fifteen minutes all by himself.
5: <laughs> well, we were, we were all supposed to be we were all supposed to be rap bastards, but everyone forgot.
0: Well, some people don't know how to change the names, Tammy. You're you're on top there. Yeah. There
7: you go, Tammy, how to change names in the, in the Zoom room. There's a video. Oh, that's a a video. video. There, there that's
0: you it. go. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. I sure appreciate you being here. And uh, remember, uh, if you're going to join us uh, for the next episode, we're going to be recording on Tuesday night at uh, 10 p.m. So the Zoom room will open at 9.45 p.m central time also known as god's time (laughs) and we hope you're there because we love uh, having you join us here live on the show and uh, for you folks that are watching on uh, facebook live or maybe you're not watching the live maybe you're watching the facebook recorded version uh and you'd like to be there for the live so that you can uh, make comments in the uh uh, in the uh, on the video and uh, actually those comments will show up on the uh, the bottom of the screen uh tuesday uh nine uh, the, the facebook live really starts around 10 p.m central time so uh just uh, mark it down on your calendar and uh, if you'd like to have notifications just go over to jeeptalkshowcom slash contact and uh sign up on our newsletter and then we'll remind you that uh, that it's coming on and of course we'll be doing a reminder uh on uh, at least by tuesday that uh the the show will be on so until next week, uh, we're going to say a good night, and hopefully you're going to have a very good Thanksgiving coming up. And uh, uh, you know, let us know. Let us know how your Thanksgiving went, especially if you uh, took the time to maybe go off-road or, or do some wheeling on uh, maybe the Friday, if you're if you're off uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving instead of going shopping. Uh, you know, uh, you, uh, went out off road someplace. Maybe you, no, <laughs> everything, maybe everything was closed, but you have a special place that you can go to, to, uh, to do that. So have a good night and we will see you again next episode. I've since 2010.